Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Operator. Welcome to the Total Energy Services third quarter results conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Daniel Halleck, President and CEO. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you and good morning. Welcome to Total Energy Services third quarter 2020 conference call. Present with me is Yulia Gorbach, Total's VP Finance and CFO. We will review with you Total's financial and operating highlights for the three and nine months ended September 30th, 2020, and then provide an outlook for our business and open up the phone lines for questions. Yulia, please proceed. Thank you, Dan. During the course of this conference call, information may be provided containing forward-looking information concerning totals, projected operating results, anticipated capital expenditure trends, and projected drilling activity in the oil and gas industry. Actual events or results may differ materially from those reflected in totals forward-looking statements due to a number of risks, uncertainties, and other factors affecting totals businesses and the oil and gas service industry in general. These risks, uncertainties, and other factors are described under the heading risk factors and elsewhere in totals most recently filed annual information form and other documents filed with Canadian provincial securities authorities that are available to the public at www.cira.com. Our discussions during this conference call are qualified with reference to the notes to the financial highlights contained in the news release issued yesterday. Unless otherwise indicated, all financial information in this conference call is presented in Canadian dollars. Total Energy's financial results for the three months ended September 30, 2020, reflect continued difficult industry conditions in North America and a moderation of activity levels in Australia. Efforts over past several quarters to right-size our capacity particularly within our rentals and transportation services segment. Combined with the most seasonal, modest seasonal uptick in Canadian activity levels, contributed to improved financial results as compared to the second quarter of 2020. Total Energy's geographical and business diversification has been of a significant benefit during these challenging times. Geographically, Revenue generated in Australia during the third quarter of 2020 represented 32% of consolidated revenue, a 12 percentage point increase relative to Q3 2019. North America represented 68% of consolidated 2020 third quarter revenue as compared to 76% for Q3 2019. By business segment, compression and process services remains the largest contributor to total consolidated revenues, generating 42% of 2020 third quarter consolidated revenues, followed by the well-servicing and 30%,
contract drilling services at 21%, and rentals and transportation services contributing 8%. This compares to Q3 2019, when CPS contributed 42% of consolidated revenue, contract drilling 28%, while servicing 21%, and RTS segment 9%. Immediate and decisive actions undertaken at the onset of COVID-19 outbreak to ensure the safe and continued operation of our businesses and protect our financial strength and liquidity have enhanced Total Energy's ability to generate significant free cash flow despite extremely difficult industry conditions. While third quarter revenue declined 55% on a year-over-year basis, consolidated EBITDA only declined by 28% before adjusting for $0.6 million unrealized foreign exchange loss on intercompany working capital balances and a $0.3 million increase to our provision for bad debt. The receipt of $7.4 million of funds under various COVID-19 relief programs during the third quarter reduced cost of services by $6.4 million and SG&A by $1 million. Consolidated gross margin percentage for the third quarter of 2020 was 30% as compared to 22% during the same quarter of 2019. Excluding funds received from various COVID-19 relief programs, gross margin percentage was 20% as compared to 22% in the third quarter of 2019. This decrease was due to low activity levels and competitive pricing, particularly in North America, as well as year-over-year change in our segmental revenue mix. Selling general and administration expenses for the third quarter of 2020 decreased by $6.9 million of 55% as compared to Q3 of 2019. Excluding COVID-19 relief funds, third quarter SG&A declined by 47% on a year-over-year basis. Within our CDS segment, third quarter spite release drilling days decreased by 67% on a year-over-year basis, while revenues decreased by 66%, as segment EBITDA declined by 59%. Despite a substantial year-over-year drop in the segment's revenue and EBITDA, the CDS segment's EBITDA margin increased by 22 percent, or 340 basis points. The smaller proportionate decrease in revenue compared to decrease in spot release operating days and increase in EBITDA margin was primarily due to increased relative revenue contribution from Australia, combined with North American cost control measures and receipt of COVID-19 relief funds. During the third quarter of 2020, two drilling rigs in Australia were removed from service in order to complete necessary certifications and upgrades that are currently expected to be completed by the second quarter of 2021. Despite a continued decrease in the active U.S. land rig count over the course of third quarter of 2020, Utilization in our U.S. drilling operations increased by 267%, or 8 percentage points, from 3% in Q2 2020 to 11% in Q3 2020. Canadian activity in drilling segment experienced a modest seasonal increase uh, from the second quarter. For the first nine months of 2020, the CDS segment's EBITDA margin increased 50%, as a result of completion of various North American equipment rationalization projects 
during 2019. Increased relative contribution from Australia, ongoing cost control measures in all jurisdictions, and the receipt of COVID-19 relief funds. Effective April 1, 2020, the CDS segment revised its depreciation estimates for drilling equipment to reflect changing economic and industry conditions. As a result, additional incremental depreciation expense of $4.2 million was recorded during the third quarter. This prospective change in depreciation estimate has no impact on EBITDA or cash flow. The RTS segment experienced a 50% decrease in rental utilization and 23% reduction in revenue per utilized piece as compared to the third quarter of 2019. The decrease in revenue per utilized piece was primarily a result of a mix of equipment operating as well as competitive pricing. While this resulted in a 62% year-over-year decline in revenue, third quarter segment EBITDA increased by 34%, and the EBITDA margin increased by 250% as compared to 2019. Excluding COVID a receipt of COVID-19 relief funds, the RTS segment saw its third quarter EBITDA decline at half the rate at which revenue declined relative to 2019, and the quarterly operating loss in this segment decreased by 70% on a year-over-year basis as a result of significant cost rationalization actions taken over the past two years. While our compression and process services segment continued to experience reduced demand for new product orders, its fabrication sales backlog remained relatively stable. At September 30, 2020, this segment has $37 million sales backlog compared to $43.8 million backlog at June 30, 2020, and $39.8 million at September 30, 2019. Higher North American natural gas prices in the third quarter of 2020 provided support for the CPS as parts and service and retrofit business lines. Despite a 55% year-over-year decline in CPS's third quarter revenue, segment EBITDA for the quarter declined only by 33%. The lower rate of EBITDA decline was primarily due to lower proportion of revenue being derived from lower margin fabrication sales, effective cost management, and the receipt of queues. Third quarter service hours in and revenue in our well-servicing segment were 38% and 36% lower, respectively, while segment EBITDA decreased by 12% as compared to the same period of 2019. Despite low activity levels in all jurisdictions, the third quarter EBITDA margin in this segment increased by 9 percentage points to 33% as compared to 24% EBITDA margin in Q3 of 2019. This was the result of cost management efforts and the receipt of COVID-19 relief funds. While our Canadian well servicing segment began to receive some federal government-funded well abandonment work towards the end of the third quarter, such activity was not significant. During the third quarter of 2020, total energy generated $19.8 million of cash flow and $14.4 million of cash from operating activities as compared to $24 million of cash flow and 
million of cash used in operating activities in the third quarter of 2019. Contributing to the increase in cash generated from operating activities was the monetization of $4.2 million of inventory during the third quarter of 2020, as well as lower working capital requirements compared to 2019. Total Energy's financial position continued to strengthen during the third quarter of 2020, and our liquidity position remains strong. At September 30, 2020, the weighted average interest rate on outstanding bank debt was 2.85% as compared to 3.92% at September 30, 2019. This lower interest rate, combined with lower outstanding debt balances, contributed to $1 million or 34% year-over-year decrease in quarterly interest costs. On November 10, 2020, at our request, Total Energy's primary revolving credit facility was reduced by $40 million to $250 million, and the maturity date extended to November 10, 2023. Subsequent to September 30, 2020, an additional $5 million of debt was repaid, such that the current amount drawn on this facility is $175 million. The remaining $75 million of undrawn facility is currently fully available, as is an additional $5 million on an undrawn revolving credit facility maintained by a subsidiary of Total. Total Energy's bank covenants consist of a maximum senior debt to trailing 12 months bank debt EBITDA of three times and a minimum bank-defined EBITDA to interest expense of three times. At September 30th, the company's senior bank debt to bank defined EBITDA ratio was 1.96 times and the bank interest coverage ratio was 9.82 times. Thank you, Yulia. We are generally pleased with our performance during the third quarter as all of our businesses continue to navigate through a very challenging business environment where North American industry activity levels remained at historic lows and Australian activity began to moderate. The impact of the COVID-19 virus on our operations was effectively contained and our ongoing efforts to right-size our business and manage costs gave rise to significant efficiencies as evidenced by Total's ability to continue to generate substantial pre-cash flow despite a significant year-over-year decrease in revenue. Total Energy's financial position continues to strengthen. After funding $800,000 of net capital expenditures and incurring $2.1 million of interest expense during the third quarter, total generated $16.9 million of free cash flow before changes in non-cash working capital items. Excluding $7.4 million of COVID-19 relief payments received in the quarter, we were still able to generate $9.5 million of free cash flow during the quarter despite operating at extremely low levels in North America. For the nine months ended September 30, 2020, with the monetization of $11.4 million of working capital, and after deducting net capital expenditures, interest expense, and dividend payments, Total Energy has generated $46.5 million of free cash flow. 
we directed $40.5 million of this cash flow towards the repayment of bank debt and lease liabilities, and our cash position has increased by 25% since the beginning of the year to the end of September. We continue to steadily pay down debt and our $111.7 million of net debt at September 30th is the lowest amount since we completed the acquisition of Savannah Energy Services in June of 2017. While industry conditions remain difficult and visibility is poor, there are some encouraging signs. North American natural gas prices have improved over the past year and global oil markets appear to be slowly rebalancing. The competitive landscape in the North American energy service industry also continues to slowly but steadily improve as older equipment is decommissioned and financially weaker players are forced to liquidate or consolidate. Within our contract drilling services segment, we currently have 10 rigs operating in Canada, five in the United States and two in Australia. While the outlook is uncertain, we currently expect our Canadian rig count to continue to increase as we go into the seasonally more active winter drilling season, although the absolute rig count will remain weak by historical measures. As Yulia mentioned earlier, two of our five Australian drilling rigs were removed from service in Q3 for recertification and upgrade. One of these rigs has been contracted and is expected to commence operations by the second quarter of 2021 when the recertifications and upgrades are completed. Higher North American natural gas prices have driven steady quoting activity within our CPS segment, while customers continue to remain cautious in ordering new equipment. Based on Q4 activity to date, we are cautiously optimistic that new product sales will increase in the near to medium term should gas prices remain stable which in turn would accelerate the monetization of our significant investment in inventory. While previously announced funding of well abandonment work in Canada has been slow to materialize, we are encouraged to see such activity beginning to pick up and expect such activity will increase as we enter 2021. This has and will provide opportunities for our well servicing and RTS segments. Despite some emerging green shoots, we remain in a challenging and uncertain business environment. As such, our focus remains on the safe and efficient operation of our business and the repayment of debt. We will also look to be opportunistic, including in the use of our recently renewed normal course issuer bid. I would now like to open up the phone lines for any questions. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. The first question is from John Berezniki of Canaccord. Please go ahead. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Mr. Beresnicki. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, just starting with Australia, um, just wondering if you're, you know, viewing Q3 as a sort of temporary pause or, or maybe start of a, you know, a bit of longer term downtrend. And then maybe second part to that is maybe talk a bit about what you're seeing on, on well servicing versus drilling in that market. I think, um, you know, all jurisdictions around the world that we operate in and, and 
don't operating in are um, feeling the impact of COVID. And I think you're seeing uh, in Australia what you know we've seen elsewhere, which is cautious uh, capital spending. Um, you know, the difference in Australia, there's a fairly sizable uh, demand for natural gas to feed LNG, and, and that's not going to disappear uh, as well. Domestic gas prices relative to North America remain, uh, you know, stronger, and, and so, you know, it's just overall, a, I would say, a more balanced and, and healthy environment. You know, that said, uh, you know, the industry is being cautious, um, I would describe um, our current activity levels, you know, as relatively good compared to overall industry levels. It's tough to know exactly what's going on. You don't have the same transparency, you know, in terms of industry utilization. But, you know, some of our intelligence suggests that, uh, you know, we've generally weathered the storm a bit better than than industry average. But, uh, you know, we're hunkered down like everyone else, and and um, working with our customers to continue to do a good job, you know, as efficiently as possible. Um, what I'll say is uh, we expect to continue to have a, a good market presence there. And, um, you know, I mentioned we've contracted one of the rigs that uh, is up for recertification upgrade, and I'm not going to get into a lot of detail there other than to say it's a longer-term contract and it's with a new customer. So, um, you know, that's a positive so all in all, uh, Australia remains a, a good market for us, a market that we uh, intend to uh, increase, not decrease our presence in over the, the medium to long term. Great color. Appreciate that, Dan. And then uh, maybe just looking at CPS, um, you know, obviously with North American natural gas uh, showing some, some green shoots, as you call it. Uh, I, I know you don't provide, you know, back uh, backlog granularity, but have you seen a bit of a shift in 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 that backlog more towards North America versus the international market? You know, I'll say generally that um, we're encouraged by core, you know, activity post September 30th, and um, you know, again, uh, you know, we've never given forecasts at the best of times, but um, you know, if we see stability in, in gas markets in North America, you know, we expect that uh, that will um, translate into better sales here going forward. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and, and on the inventory front, obviously looks like it's, it's trending down slowly here. Uh, still safe to presume, you know, the balance of, uh, I think, $102 million, primarily uh, uh, compression fabrication components? Yes, correct. Got it. The and vast then, majority. Okay. Uh, thanks for that. And then just one housekeeping question, and I'll and I'll get back in the queue here. But uh, just with the various COVID uh, benefits you received in Q3, give us any color what that might look like in the fourth quarter, based on what you know today. Um, you know, hard to tell. It's based on hours worked in various jurisdictions. So um, pretty hesitant to, to give any uh, numbers on that. You know, I think um, if one looks at rig counts, you know, that'll give you a bit of a barometer of the overall industry activity level, and you can extrapolate as you see fit. Okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, hesitant. We we book all our our uh, COVID um, uh, payments on receipt. We don't accrue anything there, so. 
we don't book anything unless until the cash is in the bank. Too many Got it. Because <laughs> we don't, uh, we can't forecast either. Fair enough. Uh, listen, appreciate the color. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you. Thanks, John. As a reminder, it is star one to ask a question. The next question is from Patrick Tang from ATB Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you for taking my questions. Good morning. Um, I was just wondering Good morning. to the demand that you're seeing in North American drilling, like from where you stand, could you see upside to the rigs that you have worked today with the 10 in Canada and five in the U.S.? Or are we expecting more of a flat environment through to the year end? Is there any talk of accelerating Q121 programs into Q4 at all? Um, you know, as I mentioned, Patrick, we expect um, our Canadian rig count will increase from where we stand today at 10 going into Q1, and that's your normal seasonal uptick. You know, that said, um, you know, given the macro environment, we expect uh, absolute drilling levels in, in Canada to remain significantly below kind of historical norms. You know, we're encouraged with our U.S. activity. Today we have five rigs going, all in Texas. Um, that's not a bad market share uh, for, um, for uh, you know, for a smaller firm. We're, we're currently marketing 11 rigs in, in the U.S., all in, in uh, West Texas, and uh, all of our rigs today that are working are singles and doubles, which is we find interesting. Pretty encouraging on that. Um, okay, so not sure if you can comment on this, but I mean, if you're evaluating, are you seeing mom and pops more willing to sell their businesses in recent times, or is there still a large valuation gap that prevents you from going down that route at this time? There's lots of opportunities to buy buy uh, businesses, equipments, both on a distress and, and going concern basis. Bluntly, the largest challenge we have right now is, is we're staring at our own valuation, and that's the benchmark, and um, it's pretty tough to beat that right now. Uh, okay. Uh, as a follow-up to that, um, are you guys participating in the Paycheck Protection Program? And if you are, when do you expect that you'll be able to resume share repurchases without uh, putting your loan forgiveness in peril? So we have participated uh, two quarters ago, Yulia, in April. In April. Um, we are going to apply as soon as we're able to to uh, seek forgiveness. We were pretty conservative in the use of that program. And so, um, you know, certainly we don't want to jeopardize anything. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we're going to, at some point, you can be penny wise and pound foolish. And so, um, depending on um, the situation, that, that may or may not be a factor in terms of, um, you know, our use of the normal course issuer bid. And I'm not going to comment on timing or any targets or anything like that in terms of, uh, of uh, you know, when we might start buying or anything. But uh, we like to buy when everyone else is selling. I'll just leave it at that. For sure. Thank the you. Thank 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 you. Thank
Thank you. Good morning, Dan, and uh, congratulations on a good quarter in a difficult uh, environment. Um, with all the consolidation that we're seeing in the industry, are you seeing? Uh, are you working with the larger companies that are the acquirers? or the companies that have, that have been acquired, and how do you see your mix of business moving uh, with that whole consolidation trend that's starting to happen in the NP sector? It's a good question. Um, we certainly work for all of the major um, companies in, in uh, North America, and, and certainly Australia. Australia is a very uh, consolidated market to begin with. Um, Within the Canadian marketplace, uh, we've got a good mix on our, you know, drilling rigs. This is public information. We're currently, you know, working for everyone from Imperial Oil to, um, you know, private uh, companies and, you know, public, uh, I'd call it mid-sized producers. So good mix there. Um, within our compression and process services group, we work for pretty much all the majors, you know, major pipeline infrastructure companies, all of that. Um, we see in our rental and transportation business increasing um, contribution from larger players. I think it's a function both the consolidation within the industry, but also the um, consolidation on the supply side. There's just, frankly, less competition that's able to deliver to the standards that, um, that are, um, you know, these larger companies demand and you know one of the measurements that you may be familiar with is, is your uh, TRIF and our TRIF within our uh, our consolidated TRIF and TRIF within each of our businesses including our RTS segment which is a very um, difficult business to manage given the nature of the operations you know we have a TRIF uh, south of two in, in our RTS segment which is a huge factor for um, you know gaining work with large large players and so um, I'm encouraged with the trends I'm seeing there I think um, you're going to continue to see consolidation on the supply chain and you're going to continue to see it on the on the uh, producer side and producers don't want to hire problems and they're going to gravitate towards financially secure well-run businesses that uh, don't uh, cause them problems and get the job done efficiently and safely so um, I'm quite confident in how all of our business divisions will perform in that environment. Super. Second one for me is if you know the vaccine does come in Q2, Q3, and in the second half of 2021 we have $50, $60 WTI, do you have uh, manpower so that you can ramp up if, as the customers want more, um, more, more equipment, uh, or, is there, or is manpower going to be a problem? Uh, to ramp up, and so it'll be pricing will come through, which will be nice to the bottom line. But uh, use of equipment may not happen because of the uh, lack of uh, qualified employees. I think the industry as a whole is going to face a manpower challenge, particularly in Canada, given the you know this is year six, arguably of the downturn. I think uh, company specific, it's going to depend on your ability to uh, mobilize equipment. You know, I look, for example, at the contract drilling industry in Canada. You know, the top three players, which includes us, you know, represent 62 thirds of the activity. You know, you have a number of smaller players that haven't operated for going on a year. Um, 
the other factor that's going to drive ability to mobilize is is the condition of your equipment base. And again, you know, we've tried to take a balanced approach to deployment of assets. Um, the flip side is we haven't been cannibalizing our fleet. And when we have a marketed fleet, it's a marketed fleet that can go to work tomorrow with minimal capital investment. And, um, you know, we've seen it over the past you know, year and a half or so where we pulled rigs literally that have sat for five years and put them to work with nominal capital. Um, but if you're cannibalizing your fleet, pulling pumps or top drives or, you know, engines off to keep another rig going, um, you're looking at millions of dollars per rig to get those rigs going again. And if you're a financially um, stretched company, uh, that's going to be a huge barrier. So I think um, the strong financial companies that are in the game today will take a disproportionate amount of the work going forward as we come out of this. Okay. Last one for me. Um, you're seeing companies talk more about wanting dual fuel or electricity, um, electric, uh, you know, uh, powered equipment, and uh, going out forward for their, e, you know, their E of the ESG, uh, you know, goals. Um, how much of your fleet is dual? Um, powered at this point, and how much does it cost to change equipment over so that you can meet that requirement if customers uh, are, are willing to contract with you at decent rates? Any one of our rigs can operate on biofuel. Um, we've operated and we currently have a number that are operating. Um, it's an off-the-shelf off package that you stick on, and um, I'm not going to get into capital costs because we like to keep that stuff a little tight, but we've, we've done that and we'll continue to do that on all of our rigs. Uh, we do have the largest fleet of uh, AC telescopic doubles in Canada, and um, uh, those are a fairly highly desirable rig right now. Um, we also supply a lot of uh, electric power generation in our rental and transportation group, which again, you know, to the extent things are electrified, um, you know, that's extra work for, for those uh, units. But um, we do, uh, we can run any of our uh, drilling rigs off natural gas. Super. Thanks so much and uh, congratulations on the, on the good quarter in these tough times. Thanks, uh, Joseph. This concludes the question and answer session. I'd like to turn the conference back over to Daniel Halleck for any closing comments. Thanks all for participating in our conference call. I hope you stay safe and well and look forward to speaking with you at our year-end conference call next year. Thank you and have a good weekend. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. 
Shop now at Hero.co.